What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Florida Score Sports. This is going to be episode number 50, uh, the big 5-0 of regular sports. Uh, we've got the normal cast here. You guys know who we are. So uh, we're just going to jump right in. Uh, we're, let, let's go ahead and jump into the NHL playoffs. Um, biggest thing I'm seeing is that, one, the Hurricanes are probably going to win every single game. I think that's fair. And uh, that's all that really matters. Uh, you know, obviously, going to have to catch a Canes game. Uh, by the time you guys are listening to this later in the day, uh, it is Friday. Happy Friday to you. I hope you guys are doing good. Uh, but, you know, Canes are going to have to catch a stub. They just caught the dub in game one the other night against the Rangers. Uh, the big, the whole thing, the whole hockey playoffs have happened. Uh, the first round and uh, a game or two of the first two or the second round has happened since we've last seen you guys. But uh, what are we thinking, Zach? I know, you, I know you've been ready to talk about this. So let me hear what you got for the hockey. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we uh, just got through the first round, of course, um, since we've actually last recorded. Um, as he mentioned, um, the Canes moved on in a fantastic seven game series where um, they played hard. They played really well at home against Boston. Um, that's a team that's kind of got them the past few years. Um, they're a veteran team. They play really well in the playoffs. So it was a big win for them to get that game seven win at home. Like I said, they went undefeated at home four and oh PNC as of now, they are still five and zero at home in the playoffs at PNC. It's a very tough place to play. Um, it's been packed. It's been loud dude, in there. Dude, have you seen that? Like in like three of the five games or whatever, like they've oversold capacity, like 104, yeah. 100, 500, 6% capacity. Yeah. That's crazy. Good for Raleigh. That's, that's good really good for a city that's not supposed to be a hockey city, right? Exactly. Um, and like, and, 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 and not only that, like the Canes are also so good. They're so underrated, even within the city of Raleigh, obviously, like we all live in Raleigh. Except for you, Keith, you yeah. I mean, even a few years ago, they were talking about trying to get the team out of here. And then um, of course they have got some young stars. Um, it's an easy team to get behind. Um, I've been fortunate enough to get the chance to get out to a couple of games. Um, like Ryan said, um, at the time of recording, um, it's right after game one. So he's going to get the chance to go out, out to game two. I'm also going to be there. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's been loud in there. It's been a really good time. Um, they didn't look that great in game one. At least they woke up a little slow. Exactly. Um, absolute just woke up in the third period, had some great looks, um, ended up when like 50 game. minutes without a goal in yeah, the whole game. Absolutely. They completely didn't- dead. The entire, like, first 40, 50 minutes, they didn't even really have very many good chances. Um, I bet Rod got on their ass in the locker room, not going to lie. He's like, look, guys, like, we can't lose these games at home. And that's just what they've done. Um, they got in there, one. Um, shout out to Ian Cole, uh, third deep pair guy out there, gets the overtime winning goal, first star. Great for him. Um, hopefully they come out with a little bit more energy, um, for sure, in game two. But, yeah, uh, they've looked really good, which is uh, really good to hear. Who's your MVP for the Hurricanes so far in the playoffs? Seth Jarvis, without a doubt. Um, so if you guys don't know about Seth Jarvis, he's the youngest player in the entire playoffs right now. Which How um, old is he? He's 19. I think he might he might have just turned 20, but I, I mean, he's either 19 or 20. He's the youngest player in the entire wow. playoffs. So, I mean, he's younger than all of us. So, you know, if that ever gets you some motivation to get off the couch and do something active, you know, just think about that. But, yeah, um, he's really <laughs> – <showed, laughs> he's just showed the most heart to me, to be honest. Um, he's a small guy. He's like five – I mean, he's not – Compared to these other NHL athletes, I mean, he's like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, which, of course, you know, 170, something like that. He, he can get thrown around a little bit in the playoffs, especially where it's a little bit more physical. But um, he's thrown his body around. He's looked fantastic. Um, he actually got the uh, assist to Ajo in game one there, um, which, of course, was a great play between those guys. So um, he's been getting first-line minutes as a kid that's younger than me. Um, he's been scoring. He's been producing. Um, last night, like I said, he, he or for game one, he looked like the only four that even really wanted to be out there. So, um I definitely think he's the MVP for sure. 
Hell yeah. Uh, go Canes, obviously. So uh, in the series, Zach, obviously you got the most knowledge in the NHL when it comes to all of us. Yeah. I don't yeah. think anyone would uh, disagree with that. But just real quick, I want to hear who you've got in each series. So we got Tampa in Florida, Lightning versus Panthers. Tampa's up uh, 1-0 in the series yeah, right yeah. now. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of recording, I think t- the Tampa and Florida at the time of recording are playing right now. And if I'm not yeah. mistaken, they're up and they're playing in Florida with the Panthers, which um, obviously isn't probably that great of a home ice from them being in the same state. But um, at this point, Florida looked shaky for at times in the first round, it, it coming in as the top seed in the entire league. Um, I think Tampa gets it done. Um, they've won the chip the past two years. Um they lost some depth forwards and stuff like that, but they still have the top end talent. Um, they're obviously up in the series right now. So I think that they'll uh, hold Tampa back or Florida back a little bit. They have the greatest goalie on the planet, Vasilevsky. So um, in the end of the day, if you really are a clutch game seven, you can turn to him, of course. And uh, so, yeah, I think Tampa will probably finish them off. All right. Uh, give me Blues Avalanche. What do you think about that? Who's going to win that series and yeah, how many I mean, games? Yeah, man, this is a tough one because I like what the Blues did in the first period in the first round. Um, but Colorado's just too talented, man. Their offense is unreal. Um, they got probably the best line in the entire NHL, along with one of the best defensemen in Kale McCarr. Um, Colorado will finish them off in five at home. Um, like I said, St. Louis can put up a good fight, but man, like Colorado's just a different team, man. They, I see that. Like, would you put money on it in five? I mean. I'd of course look at the odds because that's what smart gambling people do. But yes, I would. You can do you consider yourself a betting man, Zach? Um, I do consider myself a betting man at times, depending on how many drinks have been flowing. <laughs> so right now, at this exact time, uh, day and time, what would you give me for your finals matchup, Stanley Cup finals matchup, and who wins in how many games? It's gonna be Avs, Canes, and Canes and Seven. That means the Canes are in Raleigh game seven, right? The Colorado Colorado will actually have the game seven. Oh, they've home. got – so they would have home ice? I think that we get it done on the road showing what some grit that those guys just haven't really had to show yet because they've just been flattening everybody they've played so far. Yeah. Um, they're not battle-tested yet. They haven't seen a team as good as Carolina. That's as – they, they forecheck. They – um you know, dump pucks deep, get behind the net and stuff. And the, I, I think that, that in a playoff series – um, I favor that style of play a little bit better. So I think that Carolina, of course I'm biased. I'm going to have Carolina. So I was about to say, do you think an unbiased fan would say the same thing? I think that an unbiased fan would consider it. Absolutely. Um, I, they wouldn't call you crazy for saying Canes and seven. I mean, of course, Colorado has been the best team in the league probably so far, especially considering the playoffs, but Nobody would call you crazy for saying the Canes got them, especially, like I said, the, considering play style and stuff like that. Um, nobody would call you crazy for that. I mean, Fair I would enough. say the Canes, as of right now, probably so, have the second best odds. So just real quick, uh, who do you have Oilers, Flames? Which team? Man, um, the Flames are just a little bit more talented than them. Um, obviously, uh, for those who don't follow hockey, uh, the Oilers have Connor McDavid, who's uh, by, by far, far and away, the greatest player on the planet. Um Game one was insane. It was actually nine to six, which is wild. But um, yeah, Calgary's too good for them. Um, they're a little bit deeper. They've also got some star power. But yeah, Calgary's definitely better than them. And now, ultimately, finally, I feel like we know, especially based off that last prediction, mm-hmm. Rangers Canes Canes uh, up one zero in the series. Who do you have? Yeah, um, if the Canes can look anything like they did in the third period, um, I think they're the far superior team. I think the Rangers tend to rely on their really really talented goalie too often um granted he's had a great year but 
they didn't really do enough to bail them out last night. So I think the Canes will finish that one off at home in five because I think that we dominated them in the regular season. Um, I think we'll build off energy off a game that we probably shouldn't have even won, to be honest with you. But um, I think the Canes will win that one in five. And that's that's an unbiased opinion. That I would have told you that regardless. Of who so you put your college tuition on that? Yeah, absolutely. No and that would pay for my That would pay for my Stanley Cup final tickets. That would pay for my conference final tickets. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, based, based on that, I want to know, uh, would you be willing, because here we go. Are you guys ready for this transition? The Yankees are really good at baseball right now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to bet that same tuition that the Rays go further, to your Rays fan, obviously, than the Yankees in the playoffs? Uh, no, I would not. Um, no. That's not exactly. for the sense of, yeah, that's not for the sense of me not having faith in the Rays or anything. Um, it's a long season, of course. Um, Rays have been battling some injuries, and I have a ton of uh, utmost faith in the manager and everything like that. The Yankees have been playing really well, but yeah, I definitely don't feel as confident in that as I would. <laughs> as I would um, fair enough. So, uh, Colt, I see you over there trying to chirp in, but I'm not going to let you um, because I'm going to say this real quick. I'm going to say that one. The Yankee, last time we saw you guys, uh, obviously it got clipped of me just being mad as hell at all my teams because uh, the Yankees lost the series to the Orioles and like a few other trash teams. But the Yankees started the season, Colt, correct me if I'm wrong, give or take like six and four, seven and four, basically around there, like teetering around 500. Like they should have been damn near undefeated. I feel like that's fair to say. Well, now the Yankees have only lost like five games since then. Um, that's, I think less than on average, like less than one per week since the last episode. Um, the Yankees did lose today, uh, at the time of recording to the Orioles, but we did win the series, but uh, I would like to say the, this guy, you guys know that guy, Kent, that's on the podcast, I hope, um, you know, the one that gritties and, you know, has overrated takes by the Bengals. Um, he got me this and, uh, Aaron judge is on the back of it. Just take my word for it. And I would like to say that he's the MVP of baseball right now. Uh, it's not really close. Yeah, Mike Trout's really good, but ultimately, Aaron Judge, he's got a league-leading 14 home runs. Uh, if Orioles Park wasn't stupid now, if Camden Yards was normal the way it should be, uh, he'd have 15, uh, you know. And I would just like to say he's absolutely destroying it. In the month of April, Rizzo was destroying it, and now Stanton is starting to pick it up too, which is absolutely terrifying for opposing pitchers. And not only that, Glaber Torres, who moving him to second base was the best move ever because here's the thing. He can, like, hit now. Uh, he's not hitting a buck 40 like last year, uh, and he's playing a lot better defense. So everything's going good there. And then you think, like, what's the Yankees' biggest problem every year? And it's always they don't have the pitching, I feel. Well, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. He's looked really good in his last four starts. Yes, he was shaky at the beginning. And, yes, you guys are hearing a Yankees fan just ramble. Uh, but here's the thing. I'm not wrong. Um, Garrett Cole's looked really good in his last four. Severino is the Severino we expect. He's undefeated. He's looked good so far. And also, Nasty Nestor. Nestor Cortez. Uh, he's top two, probably, in Cy Young. Top three. Is that fair? If the he's season ended really today, good pitch. Yeah, absolutely. What was that? If this, yeah, yeah, if the yeah. season ended today, yeah, absolutely. But the, uh, the betting odds actually have Garrett Cole higher than him. Yeah, so anyways, what does that say if you're a Yankees fan? Great. And then you look, oh, no, the bullpen's got to be – no, the bullpen's really good. You take away a role as Chapman, and the Yankees' bullpen is probably the best ever. Um, 
<laughs> All right. But anyways, Marlon Chapman sucks. Uh, I don't like him on the team. We've got to get rid of him. Yes, he's a huge name and he throws hard and all this stuff and he's been here. and Yeah, so the Yankees are absolutely disgusting. So that's really all I have to say because you guys can't say anything to me at least at the time of this recording because the Yankees are probably minimum seven games better than your team. So if anyone would like to take over and try to say something about baseball, I'd love to hear it. I would, I would like to ask Colt what has been going on up in Boston. Um, is it just – what is going – I mean, Devers leads the league in hits, correct, if I'm not mistaken, as of today? Yeah, so um, at the time of recording, um, you know, uh, Boston's been playing better as of late. Um, they split with Atlanta. Atlanta is obviously the reigning champs. Um, won a series against Texas in Texas and then beat Houston in Fenway. Uh, which is a really big win for us, beating Houston at ALCS rematch. Um, but it, it's kind of just been the guys outside of Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez. All of those guys are batting above 320. Um, their OPSs are off the charts. Um, I don't want to really say the power numbers are there. The power numbers are really starting to come for Devers. Um, in his last eight games, he has seven doubles, a triple, and three home runs, which is insane. Um, so he's starting to hit the ball well. I think he's at 340 now. Um, right now, if the season ended today, Bogarts would win the AL batting uh, title. Um, he's got the best average in the league. And then uh, J.D. just actually last night uh, got robbed of his 19-game um, hitting streak where Kyle Tupper uh, robbed a home run from him in right field, uh, which sucks. So you would think after all those three names, you know, the big guys who are Boston, we knew those were going to be the three guys coming in, um, that they would be more successful than they are. But it, it, when you look at the guys after that, um, Kike was a, a huge reason of why we got to where we did last year in the postseason. Um, it kind of started in the race series, uh, which sucks for Zach because they played the greatest baseball player of all time in a seven game series. Um, Kike kind of did that. Um, but now he's, he's hitting a buck 60, um, story is starting to turn it on as of late as the time of recording. He just hit a second home run of the night, which is huge. Um, but before this game, he was batting 210. Verdugo's down to 204. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck's sub 200 and JBJ sub 200. So when you add all that on top of subpar pitching, uh, Yavaldi's gotten rocked. Pavetta's ERA is above 4.5. Um, the only thing we have going for us is Whitlock, which I thought should have got more credit for AO Rookie of the Year last year, but he didn't. Um, but he's been good. But other than that, Rich Hill, Rich Hill's 57 years old. Um, he's just not a starting pitcher in the MLB anymore. He's not someone you want to rely on. Um, so hopefully they start to turn it on. They started off slow. Um, right now, I don't know if the AL East is too far out of range just because like we, we knew what it was, um, when the season that's started, cap, the, Rays, I'm the, so Yankees, sorry. the Blue Jays and the, the Yankees Red Sox. at this rate are probably only going to lose like nine or 10 more games the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, I, anyways, <laughs> just ignoring that. Um, I mean, these are four team, four playoff teams, damn near. Um, it's going to be tough to, to find our way back in here, especially when, down the stretch of July, August, and September, those teams are going to be playing each other for the majority of those months. Uh, so we're going to see who the top dog is around there. Um, I'll say for the Yankees, I mean, no hate for me. They, they've been playing very well this year. Um, from an unbiased opinion, just looking at it, um, we can just be real with ourselves. Anthony Rizzo is not going to, at this pace, hit 47 home runs. No. Um, to too. is not going to hit 60-plus home runs. I mean, I, I, I maybe, but I, I'll say right now he's the AL MVP, but 60 plus home runs just seems a little, 
You know what I'm saying? In the in the dead ball era, I don't know. I, I agree. A Rod, A Rod's red hot season in 07 couldn't do it. And um, that's a big but, thing. I mean, I'm seeing Judge being compared to A Rod MVP 07. That I just in in my opinion, I, I mean, I think they are the best team in baseball right now. Um, it obviously sucks to sucks to say that uh, as a Red Sox fan, but you give credit where credit is due. They're a great team. Um, I mean, and it obviously it helps playing at a little league ballpark. That does help playing half of the games there. Dude, um, every but, single stadium, there has I'm, I'm, to be one stadium that's the smallest of all of them. Am I right? I'm glad, you, I'm, I'm glad that this was brought up because a bunch, a bunch of Yankees fans, their main uh, go-to yes. argument here is both teams have to play there. Um, you know, we have, they have to play there just like we do. This is true. But out of a 162-game season, only one team gets to play there 81 times, so you're getting to play there more so than other teams. And the Yankees get to build their roster around um, players that hit well on specific fields. So let's just say the Red Sox, for example, or the Rays, maybe they don't have guys that fit Yankee Stadium better, if that makes sense. Um, which, I mean, it's no hate. I mean, it's baseball. Baseball is baseball. But it is – if you're going to tell me that it's not a little bit of an advantage having that as your home field, then that's I, I think I think for the pure season and statistics, it's an advantage. I agree. But I think each individual game, it's not an advantage because in that sense, both teams are playing it. Yes, if Aaron Judge hits 60 home runs, people are going to say, well, he plays in Yankee Stadium, which is 86 feet far from home plate and right field which one judges a righty. So he's hitting everything left field, but two, like, you know what I mean? Like each individual game, it's the exact same, but for the pure season statistics, yes. And then you also at the same time have those road players in the AL East primarily that play at Yankee stadium a few more times a year. And maybe that ball that they hit to right field does go out. You know what I mean? So for a long season in the stats, I'll give you, yeah, is judge judges. If he hits 60 home runs, is that a little inflated? Yes. But is it still good, most likely, for 55 home runs in every other stadium? Yes. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to rob them of that. I'm not trying to rob the Yankees of their statistics. I'm just saying when you play half of your home, half of your games there, you're at an advantage uh, because you're used to playing there and you build in a, you're building your roster around players who can do that. Like, perfect example for this, and I'll, I'll stop the topic. John Carlos Stanton is one of the best – Is he's the best hard-hitting ball hitter in the MLB. If you look at the hardest hit balls in the last 10 years, you're going to see Stanton, 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 Stanton. Give me a judge All Stanton has to do is push the ball the opposite way, and the ball is going to go over the fence. I cannot count how many times, and I'm not taking it away from him, because as a baseball player, I respect I respect more if you hit the ball hard on a line than if you just hit it hard and up, I mean, high up in the air and it goes far. When you're hitting it on a line, you've got my respect. So Stanton is a great hitter. Don't get me wrong. All he has to do is push the ball the other way, and it's going to go over that short porch. So if you ask me what they did to Camden Yards, they need to do to Yankee Stadium. And I know nobody likes Camden Yards. Pushed it back. Maybe they pushed it back a little too OD. I'm not arguing that. But I think something needs to be done. Uh, but that's another here there. I don't think so, Yankee Stadium is the reason that the Yankees are the best team in the MLB. I think they're the no. best team in the MLB. Wait, let me ask you this. Let me ask. So if the Yankee Stadium wall does get pushed back, what? What is the MLB average in right field? It's got to be pushed back, what, 10, 15, 20 feet? I've something somewhere. So, so then the stadium that would become the smallest in right field, what happens to them? Do they have I would, to move I, back I, I just two, think that years? the margin of difference between the Yankee Stadium and the next lowest team is so much greater than the second and third shortest, if that makes sense. Okay, that's fair. But that would sense. you, in a sense, need to move that? If the Yankees do move back, 
the team that would be in first place then? Do they need to move back to the team that's I wouldn't say so because I think everything else is already so grouped up together. It's minimal differences. So you're saying it's like the the right good wall. You said what? I, what I'm saying is, like, in some ballparks where it's shorter, like, like let's say Fenway, for example, left field is shorter, but you, ha- you have to hit it over the monster. Yeah, for example, you got to hit it you know realistically. I mean? But some, some parts are OD and long, like um, San Francisco. I don't know what that's called. San Francisco's right field wall is, like, 425 or something. It's something crazy. It's like, bro, like, that's too OD. But and I'm I'm short sense. That's not what my argument is about. I have no nothing, no bear against the Yankees. They're a great team right now. They're the best team in the league, if you ask me. Um, I mean, it's between them, the Mets, and the Dodgers, and the Mets, um, which we were talking about earlier. They lost Scherzer until June, so that's obviously gonna gonna hurt them a lot. Um, but the Mets are a great team. I'm, New York is up right now. Both of their teams are, are really good. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that a, a Yankees uh, versus Mets Dodgers World Series would be nuts. But we got to remember we're talking about the Yankees here, and the Yankees in, in postseason play, uh, July play, August play. Like, like Zach said, it's a, it's a long season. Don't Yankees say July, August. I'll give you postseason, but not July, August. We're all Yankees have a track record of this kind of thing, man. We'll, we'll see. If they sustain it throughout the whole year, they get the one seed, they have home field advantage, and everybody has to go through Yankee Stadium, so be it. But I don't know, man. I'm just saying there's a lot of good teams in the AL. The Rays are going to come. The Red Sox are going to come. The Jays are going to come. The Astros, Astros. are going to come. The White Sox are going to come. There's a lot of good teams. It's a 162-game season, so we'll see. I'll give you that. I mean, that's absolutely – I mean – Obviously, AL, I feel like AL is more stacked than NL because in NL, you look at the Dodgers and I then agree. there's a decent little gap. You know what I mean? I think it's the Dodgers and the Mets, and then I think it's a huge gap right now. But I think ultimately, if we're all looking from a long, like a full season in the playoffs since, especially with the Mets injury today, uh, was it Scherzer is out? Yeah, or, Scherzer, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Max Scherzer is going to be out for what, six? Six, six to eight weeks. Yeah. yeah. So that sucks, obviously. Like, we obviously don't want anyone to get hurt. Like, it's more fun to watch these stars play their full potential. But, okay. dude, another one. Let's, talk, let's go to NFL. Let's, let's go to Tariq Cohen. Is that fair? Can we talk about him for a minute or two? I feel so bad for Tariq Cohen. And, obviously, everyone knows he went to Caleb and I's high school. And, you know, he had this great article on the Players' Tribune. And then he's coming back from injury. He's looking to get signed all these teams and all this and the next thing you know this past week he happens to get hurt on an instagram live and i believe he ruptured his achilles is that what it was yeah like i genuinely cannot fathom anything that this guy's gone through like i, I did you guys read his article keith, I, keith caleb i feel like you guys definitely did but uh zach cold if you guys didn't get into it it's it was just about his whole life and his upbringing and everything that went on with his two brothers and how they ended up and all that. And, you know, you just feel bad for the guy because he's trying to do so much for himself and his family and his town and all this. And, you know, it seems like just another injury after another. It's just one of those little bugs. And it's honestly, like, I hate to say it, but it's like Clay Thompson in a way. Like, it's the exact two same injuries in a row with this. Obviously, Tariq was never on the level of Clay Thompson's stardom. But, you know, you just see him, like, grinding his ass off. And, you know, he's a hometown kid, so we see it more so than maybe a casual fan would. But I just feel bad for the guy. Like, I want him to be good. I want him to go back to how he was a few years ago, I, like, as the all-pro punt returner, as, you know, that guy that's on ESPN every week, or that the Bears win by 50 or lose by 20, you know. He was on ESPN every single week. He was making people miss. He was doing all this. And, you know, you just can't help but wonder, 
like what like what like what do you guys like it, it a lot more because like he's really cool and really humble like it just really sucks like tremendously and for it to happen like this right after he sort of was transparent with everybody about his upbringing literally then, like, like a week later and you see that happening and i remember thinking like when i saw it i hate first of all i hated that i saw it like somebody texted me like his name i'm like what are you talking about i was scared i was like oh shit and then of course i saw that but then like one thing i was thinking about i was talking to one of my friends um one of my friends was like a licensed not necessarily a licensed physical therapist but like he's in the process and he was talking about whenever you have because i had acl surgery too but like whenever you have acl surgery like it's kind of weird timing whenever you come back to like full drills like that and i kept thinking like dang he must have like he really wanted to come back to somebody whoever would take him so much so that like i don't even know if he rested enough because you remember he got hurt then after that like he had his kid then after that he went through like all his family trauma and all this stuff and like in between that time you would think you know maybe training was his release but at the same time it's like i don't know if he had enough time to recover i mean it, it's crazy to say but i really don't know if he had enough time for an but acl like, for a running back in the nfl especially the way he plays yeah and he's on the same leg and it's like i i hate to see it because like i really want to see him bounce back from it but like it's it's tough because running back is already a tough position like you age out quick like Honestly, what's right the average now, lifespan of a running back? Guys, what NFL running backs right now, you'll be borderline at this point because they age out so quick because it's like a machine and it kind of sucks too. But I, I don't know. I wish, I wish the best for him. Like it just sucks. Like that was like, that was the way he went out. That, that's terrible for another season. So hopefully people see, at least for the marketing purposes, you know, when he gets, when he bounces back from this again. Um, you know, people at least see for like the marketing purposes and at least for the purpose, you know, the person he is to at least give him a shot at something, you know. I mean, you can always look back and even more so, I feel like it's it would be easier for him in a sense. And obviously I didn't really play football. So correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it'd be easier for him in a sense to come back purely as a returner, as a Devin Hester. And, you know, maybe that that third string running back that comes in on third down to catch. But that's, that's, you know? I mean, it's a lot more open space, but at the same time, like, it's so many returners and stuff on the practice squad and all that stuff. And then, like, with that, you know, he was known for planting and going. And, like, exactly. with the leg injury, like, ACL and Achilles, like, his cut, he can probably still cut regardless, but, you know, some of that burst is gone. Some of that agility is gone. Shit, some, some of his jumping might be gone because, you know, he could jump, like, taller than what he was. So that's just some stuff to consider, like, how would you be able to use it? So, like, I mean, I know we always talk about Frank Gore, but Frank Gore wasn't, like, a scat back. You know, he was basically a muscle head. He was just one cut, if that, and – he, who else? Willis McGay. someone over. Yeah. Oh, but to the same token, there's been a lot of running backs that have, like, bounced back from injuries. So, I, Willis McGahey, Frank Gore, maybe Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. I'm, I've yet, yet to see it. Right. But Derek Henry more so. 
Yeah, it's also it's really unfortunate because his whole play style is just shifting his explosiveness, and he's five six. Like he's a little yeah. dude, and he's not like if Derrick Henry at six three has the same injury, he's bouncing back a lot better just because exactly. of size. He can run people over, but Tariq, I mean, Tariq got some muscle on him. He runs people over, but he's five six, like one eight. He's a little. That's guy. not going to happen every game. Yeah. Big as hell when you see him. So, like, it, it makes – it kind of puts it in perspective. because like, if you – well, y'all met Tariq. Like, he's built as hell. So, like, just looking at mm-hmm. him, like, he's normal height. And you put it in perspective, like, I'm 6'3", Derrick Henry is 6'3". And I just that, – that shit's insane, regardless. But I Derrick still Henry's wish- probably, like, 25 years younger than you, though. So, chill on that. Yeah. But I didn't <laughs> put it in perspective for size. Jackass, but yeah, we wish the best for him, regardless. Um, bounce back from it. East River strong, so he's he's got it. Whole city got him. So uh, now that we're on NFL, uh, obviously the draft happened. Uh, I really want to hear Zach because obviously the Panthers' big draft pick, their number one pick, it hits home. So let me hear it, Zach. What do you have? Yeah, um, that was a really big pick for us, of course. Um, We hadn't had as many picks in this draft um, due to some questionable moves that we've made. Um, I'm looking at Sam Arnold. I'm looking at 1-4. I'm looking (laughs) specifically at you. But they they freaking ate off y'all. Yeah, for real. But basically, so according to that – we kind of had to hit on our picks that we had. And I think we knocked it out of the park, especially like you said, close to home, number one pick. Um, we got our number one tackle on the board. Shout out Icky. Um, he's a mauler. Um, basically he's, I mean, he's just a unit of a guy. Hopefully he can help out our run game and secure that left side, which has kind of been a hole since Jordan Gross was there. And I don't even know if you guys remember him. This guy's he last played like 2012, 2011 back then. So, um, man, He's, in theory, going to get plugged right in and start day one at left tackle, which is going to be massive. Um, hopefully he lives up. He was our number one tackle on the board. It's cool to have a state player. I will certainly have his jersey by the time Dude, the season it's starts. it's so awesome no because he grew up in Charlotte, right? Yeah, he yes, yeah he's from Charlotte. Yeah, he's exactly. a North Carolina guy. So he gets to play at home. Um, like I said, he's going to be thrown straight into the fire, um, at least I hope. I mean, damn. We have nobody on that left side. Um, that's been a huge problem for the for the franchise for the past several years. And um, and yeah, and then they moved on. Um, they traded up a little bit for a quarterback who's a, you know a little bit of a dart throw. Um, in Matt Corral, but you know he probably won't be asked to start day one. Um, they'll probably suck ass again this year because they'll hand the reins over to Sam Darnold or, in time, Baker Mayfield. Um, which, they said it was talking to Cam again. Yeah, I'm saying the fact that they haven't already, you know, rushed to bring Cam back shows that they kind of just are willing to kind of eat it this year, um, willing to kind of see what they have maybe in Corral later in the season um, and really just try to develop the rest of the roster. Um, but like I said, as long as Icky hits, um, that's really all that we need. Of course, you're just looking to hit on your high. You have to hit on your high picks in the NFL. Otherwise, you will be mid the entire time like you will never develop if you miss on first round picks so um icky seems like a sure thing he's a monster um and maybe we hit a home run on corral but yeah i, I like the draft i like what they did so within that keith let me so i like the guys that you guys pick keith uh the falcons but let, yeah what do you what do you know um, about him this was the first time that i watched an nfl draft and was 
thoroughly pleased. Like I was surprised because like they were, it, it looked kind of promising just be based off the moves they made as far as the free agency before the season. Like I, I don't know why I do this to myself, but like I'll go on Facebook and look at, you know, I like they'll have like the official Falcons page and I'll look at the comments and I'm like, bro, these men are stupid. Like, why are they so mad at everything? They said like they should clear everybody in the front office. I was like, damn, they did that. They literally everybody got fired. But the draft that that gave me could be false hope, but regardless, it was a good feeling to see that, like, wow, they didn't miss. So they got that first round pick in Drake London. I like kind that. Of, kind of surprising, but it kind of made sense because people were talking about Traylon Burks, and I was like, uh, but I I had seen I had seen Drake London play. He was pretty good. Um, then Arnold Ebikati or whatever. I didn't know him, but like Apparently, so far, I've been looking at articles and stuff. They've been high on him as far as the edge rusher, which we basically – I'm not going to go through all that, but um, this was the first time I've seen a draft and, like, they got every position that we needed. Last year, I don't know if they were just, like, trolling or something and just threw darts at a board, but, like, they picked players that nobody knew. Like, my boy Darren Hall, like, out of all people, I don't know, but he stayed on the team. Everybody got cut. We've been picking up marginal players, picked up Desmond Ritter. I was happy with that. And I I swear, if y'all go back in the archives, I swear I said something about the Falcons getting them. They were like, no, because Caleb said he was getting Sam Howell. And I'm like, shut up. So I'm happy for that. But I'm, I'll say I'm, I'm excited for the season. You know, NFC is NF, well, mm. Mm. NFC top is back marginally competitive across the board, but we'll see if I'm actually right. How, how many wins? Did, I know last year you said the Falcons, or what, two years ago you said Falcons 13-3. and three. They ended like 3-13. and 13. Last year you probably said like, what, 5-12. and 12. They probably ended, or you probably said 12-5. Like yeah, they remember, probably ended like 5-12. and 12. What, Give me your prediction for this year. All right, so it's 17 games, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm going to give them uh, – uh, you know what? I'll give them another. Last year it was seven and nine. I'll give them an eight game season this year. Eight and eight. Eight wins. Eight and nine. They make they make the same. They make the playoffs the same way the the Eagles did last year. Where were the Eagles last year? Eagles were like ten and seven, right? Something like that. I don't know. They, they were nine, no, and but they accidentally made the playoffs. So I think the Falcons yeah. slide under the radar like that too. Fair enough. All right. Well. Uh, Let's hear about the Cowboys. <laughs> Let's talk about our first round pick. Cole, I want to let you take over just because I don't want to talk about him. You know, I'm he's growing on me. Shout out Defy Talks Cowboys on Instagram. If you guys uh by any chance follow him, if you're a Cowboys fan and you follow him, uh, you guys know he's got great content. Uh, we'd love to have him on the show eventually, so uh, hopefully we could. But uh Defy, Defy's made me kind of like him a little bit more. And I know Caleb and Colt, you guys both follow the same page. So what do you, what do you guys think about our whole draft as a whole? Yeah, um, obviously, I mean, uh, draft night, I, I was I was pretty upset. Um, but I feel like every fan is kind of like that. You kind of think that you knew, you know more than the front office. Like you, you want the guys that you have circled on your big board and stuff like that. Um, so obviously, that there were some guys that I wanted ahead oh. of him. 
Um, but looking at it, um, a, a left tackle, kick him into left guard, let him sit behind Tyron Smith a couple of years. Uh, if you're looking for a left tackle and you want him to learn from somebody, I feel like Tyron Smith is about the, the, the best person you can learn from as far as that goes. Um, Hall of Famer for sure. Um, pro Bowl, all pro, all of that. So I feel like that's good. I think him moving to left guard and being beside uh, Tyron Smith and not having to deal with uh, the quickness and the speed of some of the edge rushers in the NFL is going to help him a lot for the first couple of years, kicking him in the guard. Um, I've been reading training camps notes and they said that they, he's impressed so far. Um, he's a huge guy, um, good uh, football IQ. It's just sometimes he, 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 he uses his hands instead of his, his feet. Um, and that obviously leads to penalties. The Cowboys were the most penalized team in the NFL last year. And he was um, a top three, most penalized offensive player last year with holding. Um, so obviously that's pretty upsetting. Um, but I mean, looking at the rest of the draft for me anyways, uh, second round, they go out and get a guy from Sam Williams. He got 12 and a half sacks in a three man front. Um, I, I don't care who you are. If you're running a three man front defensive front and you get 12 and a half sacks in the sec, you're going to, you're going to raise some, some, some eyebrows with that, um, off the field issues. It wouldn't be a Cowboys draft without getting a guy with that. But if you look at it from a pure talent perspective, I like it. I see a lot of Robert Quinn in them, speed edge rusher coming off the edge. And the third round pick, this is as far as I'll go. This is my favorite pick in the draft. I absolutely love Jalen Tolbert. I love Tolbert. I wanted Tolbert in the second round, and then he fell in the third round. Um, I, I don't remember what conference he played in, but he won conference offensive player of the year. I just think that he can do everything good. There's not one thing like a Sky Moore, like he's just really good at speed, or or, or a Traylon Burks, a good uh, high point catcher. He just does everything. I love Jalen Tolbert. I think that he's going to fit in nicely in that that Cedric Wilson type role or that especially until Gallup gets back too. until Gallup gets back. I think that James Washington is going to kind of take that Gallup role on the outside, the deep threat, high point balls. Uh, but I was going to have to play early in the season. Oh, he's either Tolbert is Tolbert is going to be a starter week one. Exactly. I think that he's going to be one of the two rookies that starts week one, him in the first round pick Tyler uh, Smith. I don't think that uh, Sam Williams will start uh, week one with Dorrance Armstrong and uh, Dante Fowler getting that spot. But I love Jalen Tolbert. Um, I, I don't want to sound biased because I know that there's a bunch of guys like London and Garrett Wilson and, and Traylon Burks and, and uh, well, Jameson Williams isn't going to, is, isn't going to play, but I really think that Traylon Burks has an opportunity to win um, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And I think it's purely because of the system that he's in. I think that CD lamb and I think Michael Gallup is going to draw a lot of attention. Obviously that two headed monster with Zeke and Tony Pollard. And this is all I'll say. I think that really, I think he has the opportunity to make an impact like CD lamb did in year one. I'm really high on Tolbert. And I think Tolbert is going to have a really, a really good year. Hell yeah. Caleb. What do you think um, about the Cowboys this year? Uh, I've been watching the draft, really, really watching the draft since about uh, the year I wanted us to take Johnny Manziel around that time. And oh, every year, since, I hated the Zach Martin pick. <laughs> I hated it. So every year since then, this is the most unique draft we've ever had. We normally draft yes. guys that like everyone. They look very polished. They do this, or they're just a crazy freak athlete. This year, we drafted a bunch of badasses. Like there's no other way to put it. It's just mean nasty guys that are just beating up on everybody like tyler smith you know jermaine johnson was there he's you know probably one of the better athletes in the draft and we took tyler smith who you know is nasty and all of his highlights he's throwing guys he's jumping Finish. on people Finish. he's pancaking over and over we're just drafting guys like that so you know it wasn't my favorite obviously 
Um, but there's a reason I don't make draft picks. So I like it. Uh, we drafted very different, and hopefully it works out. I trust Will McClay for sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's He does good, very good at his job. But I have Dallas going 11-6. I had them 11-6 last year. They went 12-5, so I have 11-6 again. Is that a playoff team? Oh, yeah, we're in the uh, we're we're NFC win, win the East. <laughs> NFC East champion. champion. Eagles got good, dude. Eagles I'm, got good. I, I, I'll say that I'm, I know that we're going to go to basketball before we end here, but I'm just going to say this. I, the last, last year, it, it was Washington. Washington, the defensive front, the linebacker, the defense. This is That's a top key. five defense. This, this, this. Now that we see what Washington did this year, we're going to pick Philly. Philly this, Philly that, Philly this, Philly that. I'm not saying Philly did not get better. I think Philly did get better. I think the Bradbury signing is a little overrated. I don't think Bradbury is the guy he was two to three years ago. Um, but I, obviously adding A.J. Brown, a top 15 receiver, that's going to help you. Um, but then I still say, who who is catching the ball from under center? I think the gap from Dak to the next best quarterback in the division is the biggest gap from any division in football. And this isn't me saying – I know Zach can look at me. I'm not sitting here up here saying Dak is top five, Dak is top three. Dak I'm is saying Dak's Dak. top five. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not saying any of that. But I think if you can find me a division where the de- the gap in the best quarterback in the division is as big from Dak Prescott to Jalen Hurts, then find me one because I think that's the biggest gap. NFC East? The NFC South NFC. might might compete with that. Gap between Mariota and Darnold. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than them. <laughs> but no, you, you, you might be right. I have to think about it for a second. But. Other than the South, other than Brady. I'm acting like Jameis Winston is in the top 10 quarterback all time. First okay. off. Okay. But the Eagles definitely got better. It's just the gap between Philly. Even though Philly was a playoff team, the gap between us and Philly last year was this big, and the Eagles got this better, and we got this worse. So we're still here. We're still here. I agree with you. I think that the Cowboys got a little worse and the Eagles got a lot better, but there's still not – there's still a gap. If Jalen Hurts is top 10, I'll be a little worried. All season is not over, so we'll see if who we sign, Philly signs, Carolina signs, Atlanta signs. The offseason is not over, so obviously our opinions are bound to change before the the season starts. Exactly. And now, uh, real quick before we go, obviously the NBA playoffs are going on. Uh, We'll get into that more so next episode, but we've got obviously two series going on. we got Celtics versus Heat. Uh, where the Heat are up one to nothing at the time of recording. And we've also got Golden State versus Dallas, where Golden State's up uh, 1-0 by the time of recording. I want to say one thing real quick. Where is Steph Curry if he wins his finals MVP? Because everybody above Steph Curry all-time, ranking all-time, they've all got a finals MVP. Who doesn't? How much higher does Steph Curry move with that finals MVP that he finally gets on his own if they win and he gets it? You know? He arguably deserved it twice with KD there. Fine. KD, yeah, KD played his ass off. But I think Steph is easily a top 10 player. Not necessarily easily, but he's 8 to 11 with the finals MVP and another ring on his, uh, on his, for his accolades. I wouldn't say that's atrocious to say. I wouldn't say that's atrocious to say. Um, obviously, you have guys that, that are obviously going to be better than in Curry all time, like LeBron, Jordan, uh, Kobe. I mean, nobody's Pat, Kareem, Shaq. I think that's interesting. Um, I haven't really thought about that because, in my opinion, it's gotten to the point where I think what he's done for the game, I think Curry's the best point guard of all time or the greatest point guard of all time. So I don't think that that kind of changes anything as far – I mean, I guess I guess maybe it's kind of disputed. It's not undisputed, so maybe it makes it undisputed if he gets a finals MVP. I don't think that that's atrocious to say or anything. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, I sometimes forget about the finals MVP as, like, the, the deciding factor for good players. 
because sometimes it got thrown off a little bit, like Iguodala, whatever. But it was some more. It was past him. It was more that got a Finals MVP, and you're like, what? So sometimes I forget about that. I don't. For me personally, it won't move the scales, but like more so the performance in the ring. I think that'll probably move the scales a little bit more. Actual MVP. That's just. Tyler Hero. Tyler oh Hero might God. be the best player in NBA history. <laughs> if you guys <laughs> the chase down. Marcus oh Smart won defensive player of the year for a reason. He ain't scoring on offense. Tyler Hero is the best player on defense of all. Tyler time. Hero looking like LeBron James. At 9.03 p.m. Eastern time, Tyler Hero is number one. He's above Steph. So do y'all just want to get finals predictions? There? Yeah, real quick. Uh, let's just get who wins the series. Let's just go series real quick. So uh, in the Eastern Conference, I'm going to go Miami and six. That's all I got to say. Miami and six, that's all I want to say. Let's just keep it quick. Who's next? I got Boston and seven. Boston and seven. I can hop in here. Um, I think Tatum can get it to seven games, but I think Miami will win at home in seven. Um, you know, as a Timberwolves fan, this, this hurts to say – uh, Jimmy is really starting to earn my respect. Um, playoff Jimmy is starting to become a thing. You know, I thought it was a meme all these years, but it's starting to become a thing. Uh, with that being said, I still think Tatum is the best player in that series. So I'm going to go Celtics and seven. Um, I'm rocking the same thing. I have Celtics and seven. Jason Tatum's the second best player still alive right now. In the Who's playoffs. number one? Luka oh, Doncic. Luka Doncic. All right, so next series, we got Golden State and Dallas. Golden State's up 1-0 at the time of recording. Uh, when you guys are listening to this, uh, they play later tonight. So, uh, but give me, uh, I'm going to go Golden State in six. Sorry. Luca's great. Uh, as Patrick Beverly said, he made that cone Chris Paul. He made that cone Chris Paul look like trash. <laughs> I just want to say off that, I love Patrick Beverly, and I, I, I love him for Minnesota. He's kind of given us a new attitude of how we're going about things. But he is single-handedly putting a target on our back. For oh, I know. Year. It's I'll terrible. Public enemy number one next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess going off that, I'm, I don't think that that's outlandish to say. I'm going to go Warriors in six as well. Um, I, I really like Luka, and I would like to see him push it. I'd like to see him go to the – I'd like to see him win the whole thing to be quite frank with you, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I really like Jordan Poole's offensive game. It's just so fun to just watch him play. Um, but I'm going to roll with the Golden State in six. Yeah, um, I actually don't even think it makes it a six. I got Golden State in five, man. Um, I, I don't think that Luka's going to shoot as poorly from three as he did in game one no way, yeah, no anymore. Way. But I don't know if Curry's going to actually shoot poorly. He didn't shoot that well either, and um, I see that changing. And I, I had Golden State from the beginning, so I got Golden State in five. Yeah, I got Golden State in five, too. I was doing the math in my head. I was thinking Dallas might sneak by with one, but – that might be it. That might be the driving force. So, Golden State and five. Um, y'all know me. I like to be asked backwards to everybody. So, give me Dallas and seven. Give me Dallas and five. <laughs> how, many, <laughs> how many would Luca have in that game seven, Caleb? How many? At least 42. <laughs> At least. Triple double? <laughs> yes. Triple double. Luca just needs somebody to ride along with him. Somebody has to do something. They shot like Jalen Brunson is a top five player ever. Yeah, by the way, if they were on pace with their first quarter, they would have shot like 76 threes in that past game and probably made like 21 of them. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, 
there you guys have it. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode. It's good to be back, uh, episode 50. Uh, big things to come. Uh, before we go, uh, you guys know I'm Ryan. We got Keith. Zam. Bam. There we go. We got Zach. Yes, sir. Good to be back. And we got Colt. Go Timberwolves. And we got Caleb. Let's see. What's up? <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, share this for, for us. Uh, you guys know everything that goes on with us, so uh, make sure you guys help us out with some interactions. Uh, we love you guys. Caleb, you look so good in that shirt. Uh, where'd you get that, by the way? Oh, I DM'd for the score and asked about it. the score sports? Yeah, make sure you guys follow yeah. us on all the socials. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you all in the next. Peace.